You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. that every single believer should have. We all should have this burning desire to see the Father, to see God. You have that burning desire in your heart. Maybe you're not satisfied with what you know now and you want to get a little deeper, a little closer to God. If that's you, man, are you in a great position? Because Scripture says that if you seek Him with your whole heart, you will find Him. In a world filled with distractions, it's sometimes difficult to focus our hearts on seeking the Father. He never stops seeking us, however, and there will be little nudges from Him that call us to seek His heart above all else. Today, Pastor Dave reminds us of the best reason to seek Him. When we seek God, we will find Him. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 14 as he begins his message, Knowing Jesus is God. If you'd open up your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. I originally had planned to do 7 through 11, but that didn't work. So we're going to do 7 to 9. The Gospel of John. What a glorious Gospel this is. The Gospel of John. What a great time we've been having. So I'm going to read aloud verses 7, 8, and 9. If you would like to follow along with us silently as I read these beautiful words, Jesus is speaking, and in verse 7, he's still speaking to Thomas. So let's read verse 7, chapter 14. Jesus is speaking. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, Show us the Father. It is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So the question has come, how do you know God? The question comes out and says, how do you know God? And the answer is, do you know that you can know him now? That you don't have to wait until you get to heaven to know the Father? You can know him right now. Do you realize that we can know him today? We can receive from him all the spiritual resources that he has for us to help us during these difficult times. Now, I know a lot of your lives, and I know a lot of you are going through difficult times. You're going through difficult times as part of a persecution, maybe, or a part of an illness or whatever, but there are difficult times have befallen us. We need to know who God is. We need to know him in a personal and intimate way. But what does it mean to know the Father? The word know is used some 141 times in the Gospel of John. And he uses it in four different levels. Four different levels that he uses this word know. It carries a different meaning, but yet the same. The lowest level is simply knowing a fact. Simply knowing a fact. Two plus two is four. 
Jesus is the Son of God. That's a fact. That is a fact. The next level is understand the truth behind the fact. Jesus is the Son of God, and the truth is, is that he died on the cross for your, my sin. And that's the truth. The problem with this is, is that you can know the truth behind the fact and still be lost in your sins because you don't believe. Just because you know Jesus, you even know him as the Son of God, you might even know that he died for your sins, doesn't necessarily mean you have forgiveness of those sins unless you've confessed them, unless you've accepted them into your life and believe in his sacrifice on the cross. Why do I say that? Well, Scripture tells us that even demons know Jesus. Even demons know that he's the Son of God. There's a third level that gets more intimate, if you will. This means to know and believe in a person and become related to that person. Jesus uses this very no in John 17, 3, which we'll get to in about four years. It says, quote, And this is eternal life, that they, speaking of the disciples, may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. That relationship knowing. And throughout Scripture, this level of to know carries with it, especially in the Old Testament, the most intimate of relationships, that between a man and a woman. But there's a fourth level, a level of deeper, deeper understanding, a level that is with that person that is so deep that you can't basically tell where this person leaves off and that person begins. When Paul Writing to the Philippian church, he says in chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him. That's what he's talking about. Know him on this level, that I may be found in him, that I may be found in Christ. Deeper sense, a deeper, deeper sense. This is the know that Jesus is talking about today. This is the know that Jesus is talking about in our verses this morning. And as I said, Jesus is still answering questions that are coming at him. He's answering a question by Thomas, first of all. And he's telling his disciples, and he's telling us today, that if you want to know more of God, God the Father, if you want to know more of God the Father, if you want to know his nature, if you want to know what he's like, if you want to experience his love, experience his grace, his mercy, then you must know Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying today. As we read last week, in answer to Thomas' questions, look in verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going and how we know the way. When Jesus answered this question, he made probably the most radical claim of his ministry. Although the one he talks about today is pretty darn close. He makes a radical claim. He answers Thomas' question with this statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It must have put Thomas somewhat back on his heels. Did Thomas understand what Jesus was saying? I don't know. We're not sure. We might find out a little later as Thomas becomes more interested. 
this radical claim. And he continues now in verse 7. Remember, he's still talking to Thomas, answering Thomas's question, but he's talking to all the disciples who are gathered at this supper. And in verse 7, he says, If you had known me, you would have known my father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Jesus said, I'm the only way, and this is how I can tell you and why I can tell you I'm the only way, is because I am the perfect representation of the Father. If you would have known me, you would have known the Father. Now, I'm sure you've heard the idiom, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I'm sure you heard that idiom. Sadly, most of the time we use it is when somebody's really messing up or doing something goofy and we go, oh, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But that's not appropriate here because the apple came from the tree, it's supported by the tree, and although the apple is distinct from the tree, the tree and the apple remain one. Jesus is distinct from God. Three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is distinct from God, yet he remains one with God. It's okay if you scratch your head because you're like, what? Jesus is the perfect representation of God. Why? Because he's God. Because Jesus is God. He is the full revelation. He is the full embodiment of the Father. And Jesus was telling his disciples, listen, guys, if you knew me, you would have known the Father as well. Because I have revealed the Father to you perfectly. Knowing me is knowing the Father. Interesting. Because Philip now, not to be left out, jumps in the foray. He jumps in. Wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. So he now wants to throw another question at Jesus and look at verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. It is sufficient for us. I love this. I love this. What do I love about this? I love Philip's desire to see God. Show us the Father. That's fine. That'll work for us. Show us the Father. Philip had great desire to see God. And, and, you know, when I read this, I thought about Moses. Moses and God are talking in Exodus 33. And Moses says, you know, I really want to see you. I, you know, no man has seen God and lived, but I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you. And what does the Lord do? The Lord shoves him in the crack of a rock and passes by, and the glory is almost too much for him. And all he sees is his back, whatever that looked like. Elijah in 1 Kings 19 also wanted to see God, wanted to see God. And I love this great desire. This is the desire that every single believer should have. We all should have this burning desire to see the Father, to see God. Do you have that burning desire in your heart? Maybe you're not satisfied with what you know now and you want to get a little deeper, a little closer to God. If that's you, Man, are you in a great position? Because Scripture says that if you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. If you're seeking him with your whole heart, he's going to allow you to find him and pour his love out upon you. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, the Scripture says, not only will you be filled, but you will be blessed. Blessed. Oh, how happy. You will have that joy. So 
Philip throws the question out, show us the Father. That's fine with us. Just show us the Father. Look at verse 9a. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you do not know me? Have not known me, Philip? (laughs) Is Jesus having one of those moments with the disciples? Is he getting a tad frustrated? Is he kind of sitting there going, guys, he's essentially saying, listen, you guys have been with me for over three years. We've sat around the campfire together. I've told you about my life. You've seen me. You've heard me talk to the Father. You've seen the miracles. You've seen things happen. Have it been, what's, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about? Do you still don't get it? Do you not know? Do you still don't get it? Here Jesus is at the end of his ministry. The cross is hours away. Hours, mere hours away, the cross was right there staring Jesus in the face. He wants to impart to his disciples a few more nuggets. He wants to draw them ever closer to him. He knows what's in store for them. He knows that they're going to have all kinds of problems once he goes to the cross. He knows that they're going to be persecuted. He knows what their hearts. He already told them, don't let your hearts be troubled. But they are troubled. They're concerned. They don't get it. They don't understand it. Their hearts are troubled. They keep asking questions. I don't know the way. How are we going to get there? We don't know where you're going. Show us the Father. Go on. Stop messing around. Let's go. Jesus looked at Philip and kind of gave him one of those smiles. Did, did he give him one of those smiles? Now, before we come too hard on these guys... <laughs> Before we come down too hard on these guys, I have a confession to make. I'm no different than Thomas and Philip. I'm no different than Thomas and Philip. I don't know, you guys are much more spiritual than I. I'm no different than Thomas and Philip. There are moments in my spiritual life that I simply don't get it. I just don't get it. And I sit before the Lord and go, wow, what are you saying? I don't get it. I have to be told by Jesus, this is what it means to know me. This is what it means to know me in that fashion, that deep, meaningful relationship, that deeper relationship that no one can tell where you leave off and I begin, or I begin and you leave off. That deep, deep time we have together, this is what it means. I don't get it. I know you don't. That's why I love you. That's why I went to a cross for you. Faith, believe. David, I didn't ask you to get it. I asked you to believe it. Oh, the thickness of our skull. (laughs) So he looks at Philip. And he says, Philip, have I been with you for so long? Have I been with you for so long? And then he makes another radical claim. He's throwing radical claims left and right. He's throwing them at him, and these guys, his head must be spinning. Look what he says at the end of verse 9. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Wow. It was a rebuke, but it was a gentle rebuke. I think Jesus is smiling at him. I think Jesus is smiling at him. He says, come on, Philip. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, if you've seen my love, you've seen the love of the Father. 
If you've seen me in action, you've seen the Father in action. How many times has Jesus said, I only do the things the Father is doing, and I only say the things the Father is saying? He's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's saying, we are indistinguishable. We are indistinguishable. We are distinct, but we are indistinguishable. And my job is to reveal the Father to you perfectly, and that's what I've done. Do you want to know God like this? Is it your heart's desire to know God on this level? Look to Jesus. Look at Jesus Christ. Look at him. Study him. Know him. Pray to him. Work with him. Allow him in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to do wonders in your life. He came to manifest the Father to man. Where I said we were going, go over to Hebrews chapter 1, if you will. Hebrews is sandwiched in between Philemon and James. We're just going to look at a couple of verses in chapter 1 of Hebrews. The writer writes this, God, in chapter 1, verse 1, God at various times and in various ways, spoke in time past through the fathers by the prophet, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, which is Jesus Christ, by the way, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. God has revealed himself through the prophets. He's revealed himself to them, and now he's revealed himself in a perfect revelation through his dear Son, Jesus Christ. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. What kind of God has Jesus revealed to us? What kind of God has Jesus revealed to us? I can tell you what. He revealed to us a loving God, a compassionate God, a God who is concerned with your needs, a God who is concerned about you and concerned about the needs of man, a God who cries and weeps over the failure of man, a God who is in tears because of man's failure and man's failure to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Savior, a God who wants all to come into repentance, a God who wants all to be with him in paradise, a God who was so upset when people don't accept the Lord, accept him, he cries. If you've seen this in Jesus, you've seen the Father. Jesus is standing at the gates of hell with his arms open, and people are walking through him. People are walking through him. What a beautiful God Jesus has revealed to us. His life, his ministry has been nothing more than glorious, what he has revealed to us. And this is a God that we can know. We can know now, not have to wait until we get to heaven. We can know this God now. We worship him. We serve him. The God revealed to us by Jesus Christ. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But the writer of Hebrews, who I believe is the Apostle Paul, continues. Look at verse 3 talking about the Son, which we know is Jesus Christ, he said, who, being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has an inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than word. But what I'm looking at here is who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person. I looked at these words and I like these words. The brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person. There's another idiom I want to throw out to you. Now, 
The apple doesn't fall far from the tree is the one that we usually use in a negative sense, but there's another one out there called like father, like son. You know, when the son's doing great, dad always says, like father, like son. You know, what does that mean? Well, that basically means that the mannerisms, the interests, and the behavior resemble that of the father. But, but here we see Jesus is the expressed image of God. His person, we might say, is the splitting image of the Father. Now, I looked up a couple Greek words here, and the Greek word used here for express is where we get our word character. It's where we get our word character. It means the exact reproduction or representation. It is used to describe a stamp or an impression that might be made on a coin. The image of someone made on a coin. And just as the impression was the exact image on the die, likewise, Christ is the exact image of God's person or essence. He is the expressed image of God. But he is so much more than just an image on a stamp. He's so much more than such a, an image made by a stamping machine or something like that. So much more. In fact, the idea behind the word image in the Greek is substance. Substance. Jesus is the expressed substance of God. The substance of God. Whatever makes God up makes Jesus up. They are of the same substance because he is God. The Apostle Paul gets into this when he says in Colossians 1.15 that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In other words, Jesus contains all of the substance of God. All of his substance. He possesses the very glory of God, the brightness of his glory. Jesus possesses that brightness, that glory, that Moses only could see, that Moses looked at when he was hiding in the crack of the rock and the glory passed by. This possession was before he ever came into the world. He has always existed in the glory of God. He is eternal. The glory means the brightness, his brightness, his brilliance, his radiance, his splendor. God's light, the very essence and presence, to the point where this same John the Apostle, writing his first epistle, say this, says this, He who has the Son has the Father. He who rejects the Son rejects the Father also, and I might add, rejects the Holy Spirit as well. Why? Because they're a package deal. You can't love the God and not love Jesus Christ. You can't love God and Jesus and not love the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work that way. They are three in one. When you deny one, you deny the other two. It's incredible that you cannot love God and hate the Son. You cannot receive from God and reject the Son or reject the Holy Spirit. To have one is to have the other. And then if you read further down, he says, if you deny the Son, you deny the Father. And if you deny the Son and the Father, you're denying the Holy Spirit. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the agent of the Godhead on earth today. And you're denying it. I don't believe in it. How can you say that? You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at AshoreHopeRadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.